Listen, we are starting a, uh, or continuing a series that we started last week entitled Mind Your P's and Q's. Mind your P's and Q's. Now, again, this is an older saying, but last week, and I would encourage you to go back online and listen to last week's message, but a lot of us have heard that phrase, we're familiar with it, but a lot of us really aren't familiar with really what it means. And last week we did a deep dive into it that I'm not going to go back into, but ultimately this idea of mind your P's and Q's, the, the point is to pay attention. That's what it means. To mind your P's and Q's means to pay attention to the details, to mind what matters. Now, let me tell you why that's important for us as a church, because this conversation that we're having is a core value conversation. There are some things here at Faith Church that we consider high priority. We believe things that God's word calls us to as individuals and as his church, things that we should be about, things that we should be focused on, things that we should be striving for and pushing for. And these four core values, you see them all over our church. We talk about them on a regular basis. And if you belong, if you're a part of our faith church family, I would encourage you to own these. And if you're new to faith church or you're kicking the tires on faith church, just wondering, hey, is this church for me? I want you to know through this series who we are. And if you are a part of faith church, I want to encourage us to strive together to reach higher and do more than we've ever done. So our four core values are reach, connect, grow, and serve. We want to reach people who are far from God. We want to connect with one another. We want to find our gifts and our talents and use them on platforms to serve God. And we want to grow in our spiritual journey. I believe if we will fulfill those four core values that we'll do great things in our community and we'll honor God. And so the way we're having this conversation, again, and mind your P's and Q's, is we're talking about kind of these topics. We're going to, in the next couple weeks to come, we're still going to talk about the people of God and the promises of God. Last week, we talked about the plan of God and the person of God. And I just want to just real quick recap those. This idea like, hey, what is, what is the plan of God? Well, there's so much to be said on that topic, but if I could narrow it down very simple, what is the plan of God? God's plan is God's business is brokenness. That's what God's about. God is about the brokenness of people. You say, well, how are we broken? You probably don't even ask that question because all of us were broken inside. There's things broken in us. There's things broken in humanity, the way we connect with each other. There's brokenness in our relationship with our heavenly father. And so God came to deal with all of that, and ultimately he sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission to change that, to restore our hearts, to adopt us back into the family of God, to, to give us a new level of love, to, to deal with each other, to love one another. And Jesus, he said it this way in a pretty profound way. Jesus said that, that God's anointing was on him, that God's power was on his life. And he said this, he said he came to bind up the brokenhearted. He came to set at liberty those who are captive. He came to preach the gospel to the poor, to open blind eyes and to preach this acceptable season with God. How many people do you know that are bound up? How many people do you know, maybe it's you who are brokenhearted? Man, God's business is brokenness. So that's his plan is to deal with the brokenness in humanity. And really the big idea last week and what we really dug into was this idea when you talk about like, you know, who is God? There's so many things that define God. There's so many titles and labels and names throughout Scripture that helps us know who God is, that God is holy, that he's merciful, that he's just, that God is omniscient, God is omnipotent, all of these incredible words that dive deep into the character and nature of God. But there's one that just isn't get, doesn't get enough playtime that we introduced last week, and it's this idea when you ask, who is the person of God? What is God like? We said this, that God is collaborative. What that means is God is a team player. 
God invites us to be on his team. So the plan of God is to redeem humanity. God's collaborative, which means he invites you and I to be on his team, to join him in his, his work, to change the world. Like there is no greater purpose, no greater paycheck than you can find than being a co-laborer of Christ. That's a title that Paul used. Like this idea that we get invited in. And I know you might feel under-equipped or you may feel like you don't have the goods, but I want you to know that, man, God always picks a winning team. And so he invites us. And so really the, the big idea at the end of last week was for us as a church, we need to be reaching. So if God is collaborative, he's invited us to be a part of the journey and God is redeeming broken humanity. He's invited you and I. And so as a church, it's important that we are a church that's reaching that we're reaching by inviting people in our community to show up at one of our campuses so we can love on them and connect with them and preach the gospel to them and set an environment of worship and set a place for their children where they can learn and grow. We think it's important that, again, through, through you sharing your testimony and your story of what God's done in your life, that you're reaching your coworkers, you're reaching your subdivision. And as a church, we are on a kingdom builder's journey. Again, Ty spoke about it just a few minutes ago in our hosting. Kingdom Builders is our generosity initiative that through your giving, we partner together with ministries all over this world, truly making a difference for Jesus. And so today I want to talk and go to kind of this next level to move from the plan of God and the person of God. I want to talk about the purpose of God. What is the purpose? What's the purpose of God? Well, last week we looked at a section of scripture. Again, that's why I want to encourage you to go back and listen last week. I don't have time to unpack it all, but I just want to dig into just a couple of scriptures here. Paul is having this conversation about this, these cliques that were developing in the New Testament church, that people were, uh, people were picking sides based on the person who led them to Jesus. Who was their teacher when they got saved? Like that was the person they preferred over this person. And so Paul comes in and he kind of navigates this conversation like, hey, it's not about preferences and it's not about cliques. Again, we're all on the same team. But I want you to listen to what he says. I want you to hear these, these words that are used because it helps us to understand, again, what is the purpose of God? In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5, or verse 6 and 7, it says this. It says, I planted the seeds in your hearts and Apollos watered it, but it was God who made it grow. Everybody say those words, but it was God who made it grow. It's not important who does the planting or who does the watering. What's important is that God, come on, say it with me, makes the seed grow. So he's having this conversation and he's saying, hey, listen, he's, he's comparing the way you come to Jesus with seed being planted in your heart. And he uses this term twice that God makes the seed grow. Say it one more time. God makes the seed grow. So when you ask the question, what is the purpose of God? It's found for us right there. The purpose of God is for us to grow in our faith. God is about us growing. God is about us moving forward in our spiritual journey. We talk a lot about that a lot here at Faith Church. That, and it's important we continue to have this conversation because a lot of times we feel like we've arrived, like we've learned all there is to know. We've, we've arrived. And a lot of times we, we get very religious with that mindset. We tend to look down on other believers like they're less than us. But you have to know that all of us, we're still in process. We're all still growing. We're all still maturing. We're all still moving forward in our spiritual journey. We're all still being perfected. That's the way God's word describes it sometimes. And so we're all in this journey. In fact, we find this 
over and over and over again throughout Scripture, this idea, even Jesus was growing. Now, we obviously don't just take that for granted. Jesus was born as a baby. God's son showed up wrapped in humanity. Born as a baby, ultimately became a man, so we know he grew there. But did you know Luke tells us that Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man? It was this way of saying that, that Jesus had some maturing to do. Jesus, the very son of God, he grew up. And so Jesus is our model. He's modeling, we're modeling our life after him. That if Jesus grew up, come on, then you and I, we ought to grow up. We find not only is Jesus, uh, do we find Jesus as kind of this example, but this idea of growing, maturing, moving forward, it's commanded in Scripture. Listen to this. In, in 2 Peter chapter 3, in verse 18, listen to what it says. It says, grow, come on, everybody say that word, grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grow. So again, we're commanded to grow. It's not really an option. You can't really just decide, maybe I will, maybe I won't. If you're a Christ follower, we are commanded to grow. It's not just commanded in Scripture, but this is kind of cool. As you dig in, you find it, again, littered everywhere, especially in the New Testament. It's contrasted in Scripture. It's contrasted in Scripture. When I say that, what I mean is that there is this contrast between immature believers and mature believers people who are brand new in faith and people who've been in faith for a little while. There's this contrast between the two. In, uh, in the book of 1 Peter, uh, for example, he says that as newborn babes, as newborn babies in Jesus, we're, we should crave the spiritual milk that helps us grow, right? And so newborn babies, they, just, they, don't, cut out the, they don't cut out the snake knife and the, and the fork, right? They just got bottles. But then listen to what the writer of Hebrews says, contrasting the immature with the mature. He says... For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. But solid food is for those who are mature. So again, it's, it's this idea, hey, when, when you first come to church and you first get engaged with Jesus and you first start cracking back the pages of Scripture, like sometimes all we can take is God loves me. And that's like, that's a lot. This idea of grace is overwhelming. But as you begin to move and you begin to navigate and you start growing in godliness, right, God starts cutting stuff out of your life that doesn't belong. God starts to deal with your life about holiness. God starts to maybe challenge you on generosity, right? If you get challenged with generosity day one in church, you're probably not coming back. But at some point, like, God starts to deal with those areas of your life. God starts to do a deep dive into the issues and habits that you need to let go of and things you need to grab a hold of. Why? Because that is part of the maturing process. So some of you, come on, some of you are babes. Some of you are brand new, but some of you are mature. But at the end of the day, all of us are growing. And so this idea, again, that what is the purpose of God? The purpose of God is for us to grow in our faith. Not only is it commanded in Scripture and contrasted in Scripture, it's compared in Scripture. John, who was one of the disciples, he wrote in one of his epistles, his letter, and I want you to listen to how he compares many of us who are Christ followers. Listen to what he says. He says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven, forgiven you for his namesake. I write to you, fathers, because you've known him who is from the beginning. And he says, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Now, when you read that, you might think that he's just writing to this like all-male congregation, just a bunch of dudes who are different ages. And he's not. What he's, what he's saying is he's writing to men and women. He's writing to older people and younger people. But he's using this terminology to say, hey, some of you are, some of you are young men 
or some, I'm sorry, some of you are, are little children. And some of you have been around a little while, and you've been in church for a little while, and you've been reading your Bible for a little while, and you've moved. You're no longer a child. Now you're a young man. And some of you have been in your spiritual journey long enough that now you're reproducing the faith. You're a, you're a spiritual father. You're passing on what God has done with you. And so what I want you to hear is, come on, everybody at home, is that God's called, you and I, God's called you and I to be people who are growing. And so God's purpose in our life is to help us to grow and continue to move forward in the things of God. And so what I want to do this morning is I want to look at a, a really popular parable. It's this parable that Jesus tells about this person who goes out planting seed. And as this person goes out and plants seed, what we find is he plants seed on four different types of soil. And based on the soil that he plants the seed, he gets a different type of growth. And the first one, right, he goes out, and we're going to read this in a minute, but he goes out and the person plants seed on hard ground. And the parable says that the birds of the air came and ate the seed off the ground and there was no growth. Everybody say no growth, no growth. The second type of soil was this, was this shallow soil and it didn't get much growth, little growth. The third type was weedy soil. It also produced just a little bit of growth. And the fourth type talked about was this good soil that produced this incredible growth. Now here's why this is important. Because at the end of the day, in order for us to experience this, this, this growth we're talking about, because this crop conversation of planting seed and seeing a harvest, planting seed and seeing growth, what we're talking about is life change. The growth conversation is a life change conversation. How do, what does it look like to grow? What does it look like to mature? Because at the end of the day, all of us, like all of us, we're, we're clicking past, like days are passing by, months are passing by, years are passing by. Like we're all growing chronologically, but that doesn't mean we're all growing spiritually. You can be the exact same age spiritually for years, even though you're no longer the same age chronologically. You could have started in church when you was 14, and you're still acting the same way now 20 years later. At some point, we need to click past in our spiritual maturity and journey. We need to continue to grow. We need to grow in patience. We need to grow in wisdom. We need to know, grow in a knowledge of who God is. We need to grow in a knowledge of how we're to treat other people, how we're to love people, how do we, how do we manage money. And it's funny, I hear a lot of people talk about the Bible, that it's a parenting manual and it's a money management manual. And that's true. You'll find all those principles in there. But at the end of the day, here's what I know is, if I would just learn patience, which is a key principle in Scripture, I would be a better money manager. Because how many people know, come on, I was thinking about this the other day. If Amazon didn't have two-day shipping, I probably wouldn't order so much. Isn't that true? Like if I had to wait a month for it, I probably wouldn't order it, which means if you don't need it in a month, you don't need it. If I had better patience, I would be a better parent. It doesn't have anything to do on one hand just parenting, but I'm just telling you it takes patience to parent well. And so it's this idea, the crop conversation is a life change conversation. And what you find is in this parable that we're going to look at in this very first verse says this, that this idea in order for us to grow, it's going to take consistent seed and quality soil, consistent seed and quality soil. Well, what's the seed? Jesus tells us, he says this, now the parable of these man planting seed on four soils. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Now, let me tell you why this is interesting. And this, is gonna, this may not help you, but this is going to help me. If you happen to be a preacher or a pastor out there or a church leader, then this, this is just for us. You know, sometimes I, I wonder, um, 
how come I get so many different responses from the same message, right? I mean, I, sometimes I, I, I show up and, you know, I'm going to be honest, man, I, I put in time and I put in effort and, man, I study and read. I spend hours reading, hours praying, hours prepping, going through notes. Man, I get up on a Sunday morning, get up any opportunity I have to preach, and, man, preach my guts out and try to do it with passion and joy. Man, I've rode motorcycles in here. I've pushed lawnmowers on the platform. I've ran on treadmills on this platform. I've counted thousands of, like, illustrations. Like, I'm like, I'm, like, like I pour it all out. And then I got someone in the back row sleeping. Like, I'm thinking, like, how come so? And then I'll have someone else come up and be like, Pastor, man, that message was so helpful. Thank you. You know, I have somebody over on one side of the worship center, and you can tell they're, like, they're not on the Bible app. They're, like, you know, they're scrolling through Amazon. And then someone else on another part when I'm preaching, I can lock eyes with them, and I can see, man, they got their journal out, and they're, they're writing notes. Like, what's the difference between the person who's sleeping and the person who's engaged? What's the difference between the person who's soaking it in and the person who just isn't paying any attention? Like, what's the difference? You know what Jesus would say? Based on the parable, it's not an issue of the seed, it's an issue of the soil. See, a lot of people want to put it on the pastors and say, well, I'm just not getting fed. And they move from church to church and they church hop because I'm just not getting fed. And Jesus says it's all seed. The issue is if you're growing, it's not just are you getting seed. We're all getting seed. The issue is do we have the ground necessary for us to grow? Come on, somebody. What I want you to hear today is this idea that the quantity of growth in your life is dependent on the quality of ground in your heart. Let me say that again. The quantity of growth in your life, how much growth you're going to see, how much you're going to move forward in your spiritual journey, how much you're going to walk in the things of God in your life, how quick you're going to find your destiny and begin to fulfill it, the difference you're going to make in the world, how well you love your neighbor, how close you get to Jesus, all of that, the quantity of growth in your life is dependent on the quality of ground in your heart. Good ground always equals good growth. Good ground always equals good growth. So I just want you to know, when you show up and when you sit down, when you tune in, when you connect to Facebook Live, when you show up on YouTube, when you walk into one of our campuses, the growth you're going to experience when the sea, when God's word is poured out, when the preaching of God's word takes place, when you peel back the pages of scripture and your personal devotions and God's speaking his word to you. There's all opportunities for us to grow and move forward in our spiritual journey. But good ground always brings good growth. And so I want to go back through, and I want just to navigate this conversation that Jesus gives us, and I want us to look at the reason some of us are having some growth issues. I want you to listen to this, Mark chapter 4, verse 15 to 20. And we're going to read all five of these, all six of these verses. He says, The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come at once and take it away. And the seed on rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word. But all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. Watch 20, because this is our goal. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word 
and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or 100 times as much that's been planted. So this is a soil conversation we're going to have today. If, if we're going to grow, right, God's purpose is for us to grow. I want you to notice real quick, there's no shortage of seed. The problem that the reason some of us aren't growing is because we're sitting on our seed. I say we're sitting on our seeds because we're not doing anything with it. Some of us, we've got how many, think about how many hundreds of messages you've heard, how many clips you've watched on Instagram, how many, how many bits you've watched, how many reels you've seen, how many services you've sat in. Think about it. Some of us have listened to probably thousands of hours of messages and sermons, how many times we've read the Bible on our own. So there's no shortage of seed. The problem is we're sitting on it. We have silos of seed, but we're not doing anything with it. James says we're not just to be hearers of the word, but we're supposed to be doers of the word, which means if you would do what you knew, you would have grew. Come on, if the goal is to grow, and it is, I'm just telling you, if you'll take some of your seed and put it in your life, you will grow. You're going to grow. So the problem is a lot of us, man, we're just sitting on our seed. We're not doing anything with it. But I want you to listen. Again, this idea, he says, hey, at some point, some of us, man, have this hard ground. And when the seed is sown, it can't get into the ground and the birds of the air come and snatch it. And I just want to tell you, man, some of us, man, we need to stop letting the devil steal our seed. Not only don't sit on our seed, don't let the devil steal your seed. You say, what does that mean? Like, I feel like my, my challenge each and every week is to, is to bring the message at some point, typically throughout the message, but at some point to bring it to this decision. Like last week, the decision was to be a kingdom builder, to decide for you to walk in generosity and to join God in reaching people around this world. And so every week, like that's, that's the drive. Where are we going? I'm getting to this goal. I'm getting to this, we call it here in our church. Like what's the next step? What's the thing we want you to do? And I want you to know that there's no doubt in my mind that sometimes many of you feel that and you feel that urge. You feel that urgency to, to love your neighbor. You feel that urgency to be generous Sometimes we make appeals for you to use your gifts and talents. That's going to come in a couple weeks. And some of you have, have decided in a service, like, God can use me. Like the little kid with, with five loaves and two fish. Man, if I just give God what I have, God can use me. And it's sitting in a service, we feel the conviction and we, our faith is, is alive. I'm going to do that for God. I'm going to join a team. I'm going to be a tither. I'm going to love my neighbor. I'm going to make a difference. And then before we even get into our car, the devil comes and snatches that seed. And the next thing you know, we're making excuses why I won't. Like what, what happened when you're sitting in the service and you believed you would, and before the day's over, you've decided you won't. You know why? It's because you got a hard heart. A hard heart is when, we have, when we're full of unbelief and doubt. I, I can't afford to do that. I don't have time to do that. I'm too busy for that. I'm not enough for that. I'm just, when you listen to all the lies of the enemy whispering you, what you're doing is you're allowing him to come and snatch that seed of life change and growth out of your heart that's going to keep you in immaturity and keep you from moving forward in the things of God. Don't let the devil steal your seed. And then he talks about not just this hard ground, he talks about shallow ground. And so don't sit on your seed. Don't let the devil steal your seed. And don't let your shallowness sabotage your seed. I talk about shallowness. Um, this is, these next two are probably going to get real for a lot of us. I think a lot of times it's very easy to put on a front and show up in church and act very okay and act very spiritual 
And the reality is a lot of times we're not okay. The reality is a lot of times we've got a lot of hurt and pain. And a lot of times we're just playing the church game, but we're not really engaged in our spiritual journey. I know when I, about the time I first got saved in, in, in 1989, it felt like it was right about that time that, that Christian merchandise started getting really big. Like it might've been on the scene, but it was right about then that everybody started wearing Christian t-shirts. Like there was all these like God's gym where Jesus was bench pressing the cross instead of gold's gym. Like all the bumper stickers and all the coffee mugs and pens, like that's when like all the stuff came out. And it's crazy because man, you could spot a Christian from a mile away based on how they dressed or what was on the back of their car. Like it's clear like, hey, honk if you love Jesus. And then you honk and they like start cussing at you. So the problem is we are concerned with looking good and Jesus is concerned with us living good. When I say we're shallow, like we got the right talk. Sometimes we get in church long enough that we start saying amen. I'm, you ever talk to one of, like, one of these Christians and man, it was really a good game last night, amen? Why, what does amen have to do with the football game? Like we just adjust our conversation for church conversation. We adjust our wardrobe for church wardrobe. I'm just telling you, Jesus is looking for this change in our hearts. And what he says is, man, the, the problem is not the seed. We need consistent seed. And we need quality soil if we're going to experience life change. And we got plenty of seed. And the problem is some of us, man, our soil is too shallow. We got this superficial faith. We have this shallow soil in our life. And God's word can't really get down and dig in and take root. And he goes back and he says this. Listen to what he says again about this idea. He says, he says, but since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems. Everybody say problems. Everybody has problems. The difference between those who persevere problems and those who collapse under problems isn't that you have faith. It's the depth of your soil. I just want you to know something. In the season that we all go through, the depth of our faith has to run deeper than your problems. But some of us, man, we're just playing the shallow game. For us, man, it's not spiritual, it's superficial. Church is an event we do on Sunday. It's not a people that we are. Superficial, it's a, it's a language that we adopt, but it's not a heart change that we walk in. And Jesus is saying, man, as, as long as that's your soil, you'll never experience growth. There's gotta be enough good soil to work with for the, his word to get deep down into, into our lives, where it gets down deep into your heart, where it gets down deep into your relationships, where it gets down deep into your habits, where the roots get down deep into your money, deep into your mind, deep into every aspect of life. And as long as you're playing the shallow game, you'll have a shallow faith. And he goes on, he says this, not only should we not, don't, don't sit on your seed, don't let the enemy steal your seed, don't let shallowness sabotage your seed, don't let struggles, don't let your struggles strangle your seed. This is probably something I think everybody who's hearing this message wrestles with. Jesus says, the reason some of us aren't experiencing growth, again, it's not a seed issue. The issue is not the seed. We're all getting plenty of seed. He said, the issue is, he said, we have all these things coming and crowding out, crowding out what's important. We have the cares of this world. We have pursuit of wealth. We've got all these problems. We've got all these things we're worried about. And I just know that we live in a time and we live in a season, man, where everybody just feels accelerated in the busyness of their life. It just feels like from the time people wake up, they're running. Especially if you're, you're watching this, you know, you're hearing this and you have kids. Like, we know this is true, especially if you have multiple kids. 
you're trying to navigate how do you how do I get from how do I get from cheerleading to dance and how do I get from how do I get from from cheerleading to get my son to football and my my daughter's travel volleyball and my son has travel basketball and we're married and we're trying to make date night and we're trying to like it's tough it's tr- tough managing a job and it's tough tr- tough kind of balancing the weight in the challenges of life and God says if you're not careful if you make everything else a priority eventually God's seed will get crowded out of your life and while your kid might make it in the NBA and while you might have an incredible marriage and while you might have money in the bank and while you might be the most popular person in the world and all of those things at some point I think God even wants for our life but if we get those things at the cost of having a relationship with Christ Jesus says what does it profit a person to gain the whole world and lose his own soul and so at some point we got to stop and we just got to look around and we got to say what's crowding God out of my life What's the relationship? What's the priority? What's the thing that's pushing me so hard that I don't have time to go to church and I don't make time to read his word and I don't find time to pray? Like, what's the thing that's crowding us out? Maybe for some of you, it's just something as simple as Netflix. Like, you're burning hours on Netflix, but you don't have time for seed. Because God's word says, man, if we're not careful, what will keep us from growing in our spiritual journey is all of the things in this world crowding into our lives and pushing God out. So ultimately, man, again, this is a soil conversation. This is a heart conversation. There's plenty of seed. And so some of us are going to grow. Some of us are going to move forward. If we're going to find like our purpose, if we're going to walk in life change, if we're going to move forward and become less like who we used to be and more like who we're called to be, that's going to happen if our heart is going to change. Our soil has to change. So at my house, probably like many of your houses, we have some landscaping out front. And uh, when we moved in, like it was all brand new landscape. It was a brand new house. So we didn't have to worry about anything. All the, all the mulch was in. But it didn't take very long till one section in our landscaping, like all of the bushes started to die. And I was kind of ticked off, right? Because I thought maybe our builder gave us some bum plants and so actually, man, we have a house warranty, and so it was getting ready to come up. And so I asked him, hey, will you come and replace these plants that had all died? And so he did. He came and tore about four bushes up and put new bushes down, and warranty was up. And so I'm watering these. I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing. They're in the sunlight. They're getting water. They're in the soil. And sure enough, these same plants, within just a couple months, they start to get brown and wither and die. And uh, while there are some things I do well in life, I don't know anything about plants. Like, you know, water and sun, which some plants need more water, less water. Some need more sun, less sun. Like, I'm just looking at these, no, they're dying, and I don't know anything about it. And so I had talked to a friend of mine who's a landscaper, and he came over and he looked at them, and he got down, and I'll never forget this. I'm looking at these, these that were now the second batch of plants. They were brand new both times, and now they're dying. And he gets down. And he's sitting in front of my landscaping and he reaches down and he grabs a handful of the dirt, the clay. And he says, well, right here's your problem. And I'm looking at what he's got in his hand and all I see is dirt. And in my mind, like dirt is dirt, soil is soil, ground is ground. But he said, here's the problem right here. He said, he said, he said this ground, he said it holds too much water. And he said, these plants are not built to have a lot of water in them all the time. He said, you need to take this dirt out and put different soil in that'll move the water better. He said these plants will do fine. So in my mind, in my mind, it was a plant issue, right? 
Like I got some bum plants. And maybe you're thinking like, hey, I'm, I'm not really growing very much. Like I come to church every week or I come periodically or, I, man, I try to spend time, but I'm not growing very much. Like I'm blaming the plant. Maybe you're blaming me. And the guy that I was talking to about my plants is the same conversation that Jesus is having. He's saying, hey, it's, it's a soil issue. It's a heart issue. Good ground always brings good growth. He says, if you'll replace the ground, you'll get, you'll get good growth. Listen to what Jesus says again in Mark chapter 4, verse 20. At the end of this parable, he says, and the seed that fell on good soil. Everybody say that with me. On good soil. Represents those who hear and accept God's word. You didn't let the enemy snatch it from you. You didn't sit on it. It wasn't strangled out by everything else going on in your life. It wasn't in a shallow setting, but you just heard it and believed it. They hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 times as much has been planted. And so as crazy as God's word says, it's, it's as simple as, it's as simple as you just hearing it and just receiving it. Like, I just choose to believe God's word. I choose when I hear God tell me who I am, I choose to believe I'm a child of God. I choose to believe I'm made in his image. I choose to believe that with him all things are possible. I choose to believe that God is merciful, that God is good, that God is just, that God is righteous. I choose to believe that God's my provider. I choose to believe that God's my healer. When the word comes into my life, it's not going to sit in a shallow setting. It's not gonna, I'm not going to sit on my seed. I'm not going to let the devil steal my seed. I'm going to allow my heart to be good so I can have good growth. And the problem is sometimes as Christians, and this is always a tug of war in our current age and day where people are telling us that there is this contrast between scripture and science that you have to choose one or the other, which is nonsense. I've talked about this so many times. You can believe in good science and still believe in scripture. There's not, there's not a debate there. But I'm just gonna tell you at the end of the day as Christ followers, this journey we're on is not really scientific. The journey we're on, you can't, measure, you can't measure in a test tube. To learn to love people who used to hate. To let go of bitterness and unforgiveness that you used to walk in. To have your joy restored. To find purpose and meaning in life. Those are things you don't measure in a lab. Those are, heart, those are heart things. And that's what Jesus is talking about. He's like, hey man, when my seed can find a place in your heart, you're just gonna grow. The problem is some of you are trying to figure it out. Jesus goes on in this, in this same chapter and he actually is talking about a different parable here, but I want you to hear what he says as we get ready to close. He's talking about another man who goes out and plants seed. And listen to what he says, Mark chapter four, verse 27, verse 28. He says, night and day, while he's sleeping or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he does not understand how it happens. The earth produces the crops all on its own. Jesus is saying like, farmers, like they just get it. All I know is if I have consistent seed and I put it in quality soil, I, I don't know what's happening under the ground. I just know that whether I'm sleeping or whether I'm awake watching it, all I know is it's gonna grow. 
And what I want you to know is if you will put yourself in a place, if you will consistently be in the house of God, if you'll make consistent time in your spiritual journey to read the word of God, if you'll make plenty of room to hear the voice of God, I'm telling you, if you will make room for consistent seed in your life and you'll have a heart that has quality soil, like I'm just open, I'm not, I'm not full of unbelief. Listen, I, God, just come and do a work in me. God, give me good soil. I'm telling you, you will grow in the things of God. You'll move forward in your faith at a super pace speed in 2022. You're going to grow. And that's God's purpose for your life. Again, sometimes we just get it in our head. I was talking to one of our pastors this, um, this past week who's having conversations with a man who's struggling with addiction. And he told me, he said, Pastor, he said, I've talked to this guy now multiple times in just the last couple of days. You can tell this guy really wants to change. He, he really wants to break free of his addiction. And while for sure, sometimes to move out of addiction, there's other things that need to happen. Sometimes you need counseling. Sometimes you need medical help. And all, the, all those things are acceptable in our spiritual journey. But this pastor on staff that I was talking to was just trying to get this man to take the first step. Just open up his life to Jesus. And as he talked to this man about giving his life to Christ, the man kept saying, well, I don't know if I really know how to do that. I don't know, I don't know what that really looks like. I, I, like. He was all tangled up in his head, like what would really happen and how could he do that and what would really change? And at the end of the day, he said, hey man, just, just shut up and believe. <laughs> that might sound really harsh. What are you saying? Get out of your head and just give God good soul. God, I just believe that I'm a sinner. And I believe you're a great savior. And I believe you died on the cross for my sin to give me a new beginning so I could find eternal life. Come into my heart and save me and make me your child. And the way Jesus tells it, and I just always choose to go with Jesus. Again, Jesus says, if you'll hear and accept God's word, it'll produce a harvest. If you will hear and accept God's word, it'll produce a harvest. If you will hear and accept consistent seed, in quality soil, you will produce a harvest of 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so let me ask you a question if you're watching this at home and maybe hearing this. How many of you want to grow in your spiritual journey? Like you just want to keep moving forward. I want to, I want to grow into the person God's called me to be. I want to develop into the gifts that God wants me to have. I want to, I want to make the difference that God's created me to make. So I want to pray for you, whoever you are, whatever you're going through. Father, we know your purpose is to help us grow. And God, I pray that we would participate in your purpose with a good heart. And so Lord, I pray God do a work in us. I pray that you'll change the soil of our heart, pull out hard-heartedness. God, I pray pull out roots and worries and other priorities that have pushed you out. God, help us to dig deep past the shallowness of faith. And God, I know if you'll give us a good heart of soil with the good seed of your word, we will grow in the things of God. So Lord, speak to people's hearts, God, to take some intentional steps through Grow You and Foundations to move forward in the things you have for our lives. Father, I pray for everybody watching this. If you're here and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never recognized that you need Jesus. Again, that's why he came is to save us, to change us, to make us his children. Again, God's business is brokenness. And our relationship, because of sin in our lives, all of us have a broken relationship with God. 
And Jesus came to fix that. Jesus showed up to save us and to make that right. And so all you have to do is, again, just believe it. Just, I believe that God loves me. I believe that Jesus came for me. I believe that he died for me. And in that simple act of faith of allowing that seed of belief into your life, it will change you forever. It'll move you from darkness to light, from death to life, from being disconnected to reconnected to your creator. And all you have to say is, Jesus, I put all of my hope in you to be my savior. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my life and help me to follow you. In Jesus' name.